What's up, everybody? This is artist producer Maddie Ringe, and you're listening to Reviews and Done with your host, Derek Dunn. What up, world? Once again, it's Derek Dunn with Reviews and Done, back with another interview. Now, my interviewer today probably has the pristine pleasure of being the first horror director that I've had the pleasure of speaking with. So that in itself is a, a compliment for me as well as my guest. So, you know, my guest makes it big, like truly, truly big. He's out there winning horror awards and everything else. He can say, you know what, back in 2020 when COVID was going on, I, I you know, interviewed with Reviews and Done with a little guy named Derek Dunn. So I want you guys to welcome to the line, <laughs> filmmaker, horror fan, just talented guy, Mr. Antoine Lay, and he's going to tell us about his new film he has dropping soon called Followed. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Derek. How about yourself? Thank you for that wonderful intro, by the way. Uh, no problem, man. Bless, man. I can't complain. Looking forward to checking out your, uh, checking out your film. I'm kind of happy that um, I can finally get back out here and start going to the cinema again, you know, being a uh, not only right. a critic myself, but a cinema buff, you know, I, I kind of miss going to the movies. And then, you know, after a while, it kind of became a second nature. So, you know, I'm ecstatic that um, the theaters opened up and I finally get a chance to see Tenet on the, uh, on the big screen. And hopefully, you know, people won't be a big, a big rush out to go to the movies. But, you know, like I was telling my wife and my son, I don't think it's going to be a big rush at all this year, people going back to the um, – Cinema. I think you only have like your diehard fans and your people that just got to see a movie on the big screen. I think it's going to be pretty much um, quiet, in my opinion, you know, for the rest of the year. And then maybe in 2021, it'll uh, pick back up. I went last Thursday to to see The Empire Strikes Back so my son could see it on the big screen. And there may have been eight people inside the entire theater. I went to multiplex, but, um, yeah, it it was pretty um, dead. But thankfully, you know, the chain, they had a good handle on it. They were um, social distancing, had everything down pat. So, yeah, it's just a little spill on my little advertisement on getting people going back to the uh, theater. So let's uh, get right into it. So tell us about your um, new film, you know, the scary one from what I hear, uh, followed and the conception and why you decided to do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so followed is a, uh, we call it a social media horror film. Uh, it is done in the vein of, uh, a mixture between a screen live film uh, and a found footage film. So Screen Live is basically, you know, when you actually watch stuff on the computer, I think it was popularized by the movie called uh, Unfriended. And the most recent example of that would be uh, Searching. Oh, yeah, and this year, Host, the movie Host, right? Those are called Screen Live. And uh, obviously, the, the, the film is about a social media vlogger, like an influencer. Think of, you know, 
the traditional Jake Paul or Logan Pauls out there, right? Obnoxious guy who just does, uh, you know, these, uh, the, these videos where he actually visits haunted locations. And there's just one location called the Caesar Hotel, which is the fictional hotel that's based upon the real uh, uh, um, Caesar Hotel. Actually, sorry, in the movie, it's called uh, the Lennox Hotel, right? So he just basically, he and his friends, his crew, just visit this uh, supposedly haunted hotel for him to do a, do a super special Halloween vlog. And that is the premise of the movie itself. Cool, cool. So it sounds like it might be a little uh, spookiness going on. So you mentioned that um, – <laughs> excuse me. You mentioned the Hotel Cecil, and I understand you grew up in L.A., so prior to reading yes. the script for the film, were you ever aware of the spookiness and the urban legend surrounding – the Hotel Cecil? Absolutely. I mean, I, it's, it's why I was drawn to the project in the first place. So uh, how it worked, I mean, so how it was is because uh, I remember back in 2013, I was watching the news, and I saw, um, you know, that they were talking about Elisa Lam and this Hotel Cecil and that how, you know, the mysterious circumstances surrounding her death, like she would go into the elevator, she posted, this, you know, and there's, uh, it was uploaded CCTV footage showing that she was literally acting very strange in an elevator. And then three weeks later, you know, uh, the residents there, or the tenants there complained that the water was smelly and it was black. They went into the rooftop and they basically found her dead body naked in the water tank. And the entire event was just so bizarre because there's no signs of foul play. But on the same token, it's that no one, you know, is still unsolved up to this day, which is like, how is it that this little girl could climb up into locked doors, you know, the, the, the rooftop of it, and then jump into this water tank, which, again, it took two full-grown adults. You know, when they actually took a body out, they actually had to cut a portion of, of the water tank in order to pull a body out. But how is it that she by herself was able to climb up on that area and, you know, take her clothes off and then just drown to death, right, which is – absolutely bizarre and when i first saw the news i thought it was yet the plot of it is similar to one of those japanese movies called a dark water which is a, a horror film so i at first i thought it was a mockumentary i didn't think it was real and then i read it into it i was like oh my god this is real and that i started reading more into the hotel Cecil itself didn't know of his quote-unquote sordid history and all this weird, bizarre events that happened so by knowing all of that then i connected with my uh, producer matt Brubaker. And I told him, I told him, oh, hey, I, you know, I'm really interested in this thing, you know, and this event. Are we doing anything about that? You know, at that time, Matt and I and another person, we are, uh, you know, we just started our own production company, so we're always looking for a good first project. And Matt happens to know Todd, which is a, a accomplished writer. And he told me that Todd is actually very interested in the same subject as well, you know, funny enough. So then we got together and we basically just started developing the script and the concept for it. And that's how it started. So, yes. So in a sense, yes, I was aware of it. And because I was aware of it, that's how we came up with the script instead. Nice. Well, you just gave me a little uh, warning to next time in LA to stay away from the um, hotel. Uh, uh, hotel. Uh, it's hotel Cecil, it's now called a Stay on Main. And I believe it is currently closed uh, at the moment, uh, or it may have been reopened, I'm not sure. But it's called Stay on Main. It is a very popular, you know, from the popular standpoint, I mean, is that 
is supposedly one of the most haunted locations in the world, right? If you watch uh, the show American Horror Story, and you watch season four, I believe, the, the season is called Hotel, which stars Lady Gaga, you know, as the main headline. This is, it's, 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 it's in regards to the same hotel and the same events. So these are the events that are it's, what's called, you know, infamous or world-renowned. Um, that are every Halloween people talk about. Right? It's just one of the the most uh, you know popular LA uh, 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 thing <laughs> that we you know that, that that we are aware of. And it's really interesting if you just do a quick Google search of that, you can probably have quite a bit of good time just reading all of those things that go into it. That meant that happened in that hotel. Cool, cool. So the cast is. Primarily unknowns outside of uh, Mr. John Savage. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, me, me being a film buff, you know, I know that John is, was in The Deer Hunter, The Onion Phil back in the 70s, and numerous other films. Did you, did you feel any pressure working with a more established actor in the form of Oh, yeah, Savage? absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was starstruck when I met uh, with John. Is he? Because obviously, you know, I'm a film buff myself, and you know, Godfather and 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 Deer Hunter and all that. Those are movies that I grew up with. Those are movies that inspired me to be a filmmaker in the first place. So obviously, I was starstruck. So it was, you know, it, it was really intimidating in directing somebody like him. But he was really game. You know, he met with me the first day. He he liked the script a lot. He pulled me aside. He's like, "Hey, this script is for your generation. I love to be involved." Right. And he, he gave me advice. Um, you know, he just said, my best advice to you is do not drink. That's <laughs> just the funniest <laughs> thing ever, right? It's like, he's like, alcohol can ruin your life and all of that, right? So it's just more like life advice. But uh, when it comes down to directing, you know, he's really good. And, uh, you know, after about 30 minutes of, of still, you know, being starstruck by him, I was able to get back into my groove and, you know, and everything went very smoothly uh he couldn't you know he obviously when he did this project it was more like a favor because we are an ultra low budget movie he didn't think you know as much as he liked the script he didn't think they would go anywhere but he was pleasantly surprised uh recently to know that the movie was doing fantastically well in theaters and was about to hit vod so he's actually really excited about it so which i'm very glad as well well congrats man you and your cast and thank you your crew now, with the Thank horror you. genre, um, you know, being a bit of a horror fan, I'm not that, like, deep into it as one of my fellow critic friends. So I want to shout out real quick my guy, uh, Dustin Putman over at The Fright File. But, I mean, I do love, you know, horror movies. And, I mean, found footage to me, I think for a while it became kind of repetitive after uh, Paranormal Activity. There was, like, so many and so many got – bad so on the plus side i mean i respect paranormal activity for kind of you know starting a trend but then it's like it kind of became a i guess an oxymoron if you will because you know there were so many bad horror movies came out that were um found footage so on the one hand i get it you know a lot of filmmakers were able to make their dreams come true but there was some bad found footage movies oh yeah (laughs) But um, did you guys always plan on going found footage, or did you ever flirt with doing a traditional narrative, or was it always going to be a found yeah. footage movie? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, I do agree with that sentiment, is that 
found footage, they are a dime a dozen. And, you know, there's, if you look at it, there's only a handful of them that are truly worth it. In other words, is that they're truly good. So, you know, obviously, besides some of the big studio fairs like, you know, um, Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity, you know, there are really, you know, there are some, you know, there are some that are absolutely amazing. It's a case in point, you know, Cloverfield, uh, which, you know, was wonderfully done, right? So, which was wonderfully done, and of course, the launch of career of Matthew uh, of, of of Matthew Long, which is, uh, well, not sure of Matthew Long, but uh, um, uh, uh, he is also the same director of the new Batman movie, right? So you could see that it's. And when I first saw Cloverfield, I knew it right then and then. Like this director, he is, he's got it. He knows what it is, what he's doing, right? But yeah, Matt Reeves. So yeah, Matt Reeves. There you go. He knows what he's doing, and. You know, Lomoho was right. Now he's actually helming Batman, right? And another thing is uh, the movie Chronicle, which is a found footage superhero movie, which was, again launched the career of Josh Trank, which he went on and did, you know, uh, Fantastic Four, which wasn't very good, but he his latest movie was Capone. But anyway, when I watched uh, Chronicle, I was, you know, I had the same sentiment as well, which is he's the director to watch. So those what those movies taught me is that yes, there's a traditional paranormal activity like found footage where you know any quote-unquote filmmaker can just go out and just film their stuff and boom call it a day and i think that's where the bad rap comes from because a lot of filmmakers they approach this as something to you know it's an easy way for them to break in or it's an easy way for them to make money which i think it's a it's part of the reasons why it's there's the genre is so looked down or so frowned upon because of those you know because of that mentality but on the same token you know you actually have you know tremendous filmmakers like Matt Reeves, or even Josh Trank, that really put a spin on it. And recently, you know, you see the movie Searching uh, by Anish, uh, I forgot, you know, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, you know, it goes to show that real filmmakers with real ideas, they can certainly, you know, use the genre to their advantage and basically use the strength of it and, you know, step outside the box. So, with that being said, though, Followed, I always wanted to be a traditional film, right? But the way, the scope, the scale of what we were doing, to be quite honest, you know, budget-wise, we probably wouldn't be able to make it happen, <laughs> right, without, having, without resorting it to found footage. So now, back to found footage is that, again, I was like, uh, as a filmmaker, my first film, believe me, I was like, yeah, man, I don't really want to do a found footage film, right? But then on the same token, I wanted to prove myself that I'm like, okay, if, what happens if I take this genre that is so looked down upon and it's, you know, it's hard to really have a fresh spin on and hard to even get people to like it. How do I prove that I know as a filmmaker, know how to make a movie using one of the most hated, you know, genres out there, um, you know, and if I were to accomplish that and have, make it successful, then maybe that is how I can, I quote unquote, announce myself that, hey, guys, I know how to make a movie, right? So I think part of the reasons why we, we finally decided on that is because we wanted to challenge ourselves to say, can we do something with the most hated genre and still make it, you know, meaningful and successful? Okay. And obviously, the, the, you know, besides the money portion of it, uh, part of it is, uh, again, is that the movie is about vlogger. So therefore, you know, it would only make sense that if you're talking about vlogger, then the footage should be block type of, 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 of footage. So that's, how, that's why we decided that we're going to go ahead and do it the film footage way, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so since you brought it up, you know, I got to ask, 
what was your initial reaction when you found out that Robin Pattinson was going to play Batman? And after seeing the trailer that leaked <laughs> over the past weekend, were your, was your initial reaction changed at all? No, no, I like it. I, 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 I liked it a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, nowhere near how I love the Nolan uh, trilogy. Uh, but, you know, in the same token is that, uh, um, you know, I never really, because I, I, I understand as directors, as that directors, they have certain eyes. And good directors, they know yeah. what they're doing, right? So, you know, it's a case in point when, when Nolan first was announced that he's going to be director of Batman Begins, I know that there's a lot of the, you know, internet people are like, who the hell is this guy? And, in my, and I was super excited. I'm like, oh, my God, Chris Nolan, this guy is a genius. Right? And at that time, he wasn't that big. I mean, he was big enough, right? He did, he did uh, um, Following, and then he did uh, Memento, which was his call to fame, and then he did Insomnia. So none, none of those movies are action-packed, right? So, but then again, it's that I could tell you, you know, you, you, as, a, as, a, as a film buff, when you watch a movie, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius. You could tell that he had something that other people don't. So I remember seeing Memento, remember seeing Insomnia. I'm like, oh, my God, here's our next genius. So when he was announced as the next director of Batman Begins, I was like, holy crap, it's going to be amazing, right? And most people would be like, no, who's this guy? He doesn't know how to do action, right? I guess what I was right. And that's just because I trust the filmmakers. I trust that this guy inherently, he knows what he's doing. So it doesn't matter who he wanted to cast as Batman. He has his eyes on it. That means he has his internal thinking in his mind, the visual bit it should work. So I would trust that complicitly until, unless he proved me otherwise. Right? Same with Matt Reeves. So when Matt Reeves were announced as director of Batman, of the new Batman, you know, obviously, you know, me is that Batman is just my favorite character, comic book character of all time. Right? It's one of my dream uh, goals is to someday make a Batman movie my way, right? That is my dream, yeah. period, right? That's a, so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, man, it sucks that I'm not there yet, right? That I was, I'm not there yet. But on the same token, I'm like, hey, Matt Reeves, this is the guy that made Cloverfield. This is the guy that made, you know, let the right one in, uh, you know, which is the remake of another horror film, which I know that he is somewhat of a noted auteur that I know that this guy, this movie, you know, he's going to bring something unique to the film. So I was excited. Robert Pattinson, tell the truth, I wasn't a big fan of him because of the, thanks to the Twilight movies, <laughs> right? But <laughs> on the same token is that I've looked at his other work, like Good Times, uh, you know, his more serious work with David Carnaberg, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this, well, like better words, the dude knows how to act, and I can't wait to see his transformation. So fast forward to, you know, just, uh, two days ago when I watched the trailer, yeah, it, it was great. I, I liked it. I, I have to say that it didn't quote-unquote blow my mind. <laughs> I, I did expect Batman to be violent, to be dark and all that, and it basically met my expectation, right? But it wasn't you know, it wasn't like how I, I guess, you know, how I, it wasn't like, say, seeing the trailer for The Dark Knight, you know, uh, well, which yeah. was like, it literally, I fell off my seat when I saw that, right? But still, with that being said, though, I really dig the new Batman. I can't wait to see what he does with it. Um, yeah, and, and on the subject of, of DC, you know, the trailer that actually got me even more interested would be the Justice League. And I think Zack Snyder knows how to make a trailer. <laughs> His movies, well, you know, they hit us, but the trailers wise, with the Hallelujah song and all that, literally brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. And I hated the last, you know, I hated the Josh Whedon cut, by the way. I hated it just because I was like, man, this is like basically DC trying to be Marvel. But anyway. 
Yeah, I think with um, but yeah, Pattinson, so with Pattinson for me, I'm, I'm, I mean, I like Twilight for what it was. I'm like, you know, I don't love it, but I mean, I'm not the intended audience, so like, you know, I'm not gonna knock it. My wife read the books, you know, so we went to see the movies, so you know, I kind of, you know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I started taking right. Pattinson serious as an actor, you know, after what he did. Remember me? He started working with Cronenberg. You know, good times, yeah. and I'm like, dude, you take this craft very seriously. So when he got announced, you know, I kept telling folks, I'm like, you guys have no idea. Like, this dude is a serious method actor. Now, I'm not saying he's gonna walk up to like 250 and be all huge and everything, but in terms of like going going dark and training and all, yeah, now he's gonna surprise a ton of people. And you being a Batman fan, I'm sure you remember, like, you know, Adam West wasn't really that, you know. Hey, Michael Michael Heaton was kind of small. I mean, they, they weren't right. shapeless. Like, you know, they weren't like the, the way Affleck was, you know, when he was Batman. So give the guy a chance. Right. I've had to get your opinion since you uh, brought it up. So circling back to your directorial debut, do you think the film can possibly serve as a cautionary tale without going into spoilers for social media influencers willing to do anything for likes, subscribes, and because you know low anxiety, man. In the age of the, you know, social media, you see some of the dumbest stuff that people do to get a like <laughs> and to share. And it's like, do you have any common sense? Like, like what do you do? Yeah. Not that serious. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Right? And, and, and yes, yeah, it's true. Like, it is a cautionary tale in a sense. I mean, it is. I don't want it to beat over the head over the, uh, you know, with it. You know, looking back, yeah, there's. I, I would have to say that, yeah, there's more that we could have done. You know, if we had we had a larger budget or whatnot, there's more we could have done. I am happy with with what we've done, but totally, you know, there are things that I think that could be even more powerful. But yes, the the gist of it is, if you see the film, you'll see that yes, it is a critique on the social media and that you know how these actors, how these characters can just be like like that is because you know if you recall, um, I think there was one incident with. Uh, Logan Paul, I think. Yeah, Logan Paul, I think he went to the Japanese suicide forest and he actually filmed a dead body, a person who, you know, like, you know, like, like, why would you do that? I mean, like, what is your common sense, right? Like, how, why would you think that is okay to be disrespectful to a dead body? I mean, like, seriously, right? That is, however, that's the world we live in. That This is the social media age that doesn't matter whether it's repugnant or whether it's entertaining, whatever it is. People just flock into it, and uh, as long as it's drawing viewers. So I think the movie is all about, hey, getting the likes, and I think, you know, in the movie, as you watch it, the only thing that I can tell you is that obviously without going spoilery uh, territory is that, as yourself, you are watching from a perspective of a vlogger. The footage is coming from someone who's posting all of these works on the Internet. In other words, how reliable, you know, can anything be? Online. So that is one thing that I wanted to, you know, for audience to take away from the movie, which is ask themselves, am I seeing what's real? You know, am I being trolled? You know, and that's just the whole, you know, that's, that's, that's the entire point of social media critiquing that we did for Followed. Right, well, before, before I go, let you go, and before we tell fans where they can um, check out Followed, you know, i got to ask some hard questions. i got to Try to trip you up really sure. quick, so you're still in your uh, thinking cap. So, if you had an unlimited mm-hmm. budget and resources, what's one horror franchise you would love to modernize? 
I would say two horror franchises, actually. You know, be, like, you know, I'd be happy with either one of these, right? Um, first, I would say Nightmare on Elm Street is because, you know, that was the, I, I believe Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Dream Warrior was the first ever uh, scary movie that I've ever seen. Like when when I was a kid, it's still you know ingrained to this day. Obviously, watching it back, none of them scare me anymore, right? Uh, but you know, I remember feeling terrified and couldn't even sleep, right? So one thing that I wanted to do is that I think is it's overdue for a remake, you know, for a reboot. Hey, you know, with today, you know, with all of the great horror filmmakers out there like Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, and all that, which they brought their own sensibility into the genre, I wanted to see in terms of whether I can actually bring something completely new to the, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise as one. And, and the second one that I would take a stab at as well would be Friday the 13th. You know, it's because uh, I, I really liked what... Uh, uh, um, what they did with the Halloween, you know, reboot, or uh, it's the sequel to Halloween. It's because, again, as long as you use an author that actually has an idea, has something else, something to say, I think he could actually turn the genre or turn the film into something that is, uh, you know, unique and never been seen before. And I think I can actually bring that sort of element to, um, you know, to, to, to the Friday the 13th franchise. Because you realize that Friday the 13th, especially later installment, it becomes like a parody of itself, you know, which is, it's fun. It's a slasher. It's fun, but I don't think it's scary. I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't think the Tourette is there, right? But I wanted to, you know, I really wanted to make a Friday the 13th that is truly freaking scary, you know, just imagine that, right? So I think that I could bring something unique to it. Um, so those would be the two franchises that I guess that, you know, if I had an unlimited budget I, I, I would try on. But truth be told is that if anything, it's that if I have the unlimited amount of budget, I would probably just create the own franchise of my team, <laughs> to be honest, rather than uh, treading all grounds, right? <clears throat> and uh, oh, last but not least is that, keep in mind, although Fallout is my, uh, you know, it's my debut film, it is a, a, a horror film, I actually didn't, you know, I wouldn't consider myself as a quote-unquote horror filmmaker, which is something that's unique, is because um, I've always considered myself more of a drama-slash-action uh, movie director. I never thought myself would be, you know, a, 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 as a horror filmmaker. Although I love watching horror films, I just never thought I would make one, right? And I think that's why when we, uh, when we embarked and followed, I want to take that, as an, as, again, as a challenge for myself, which is, you know, making my first film to be found footage, which, again, I didn't like the genre, to be honest, right, from the get-go, and also being a horror filmmaker as well. So it is something that, again, it's a, I wanted to try my hands on, just expand my horizon and see what I could do. Cool, cool. So during the COVID, did you find yourself revisiting any films from your childhood just to kill the time? One. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like during COVID, I'm still like really busy with other stuff, but there was one movie that I recently watched. I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite films when I was a child. That was, that, that was the uh, Clash of the Titans, <clears throat> the the original version, the 19, you know, the 80s version, right? Uh, really super cheesy. I just, I just love <laughs> the whole idea about Greek gods and all of that. I mean, yes, obviously they made the remake of Wrath of the Titans and all of that. And yeah, they are just popcorn entertainment. Would, if anything, honestly, if there's another franchise that, if I had the you know the ability to to, to reboot, 
that would be the franchise I would love to embark on. I would actually make it more gritty. I would make it more like, you know, if you're, if you're a video gamer, and you probably have heard of the game called it's God of War, right? I would actually make it more in the vein of God of War rather than what you saw, you know, with the remake, which I thought it was. Again, I thought it was pretty bad, but <laughs> um, but yeah. Like, so that's the only movie from my childhood that I recently saw again that I was like, ah, yeah, I could. I, re- I remember the magical moments. I remember the nostalgia, but I would love to remake it. You know, if you've given the opportunity. Respect. Yeah. Even um, even without even before the COVID, you know, I, I always um find time to revisit um something from my childhood. You know, because I'm I'm a dad now, so a lot mm-hmm. of times for me, like you know, it's cool seeing stuff through my son's eyes when I was his age, and you know, some of the stuff he's watching, and then. I'm older now, so it's like going back and watching some of the stuff from your childhood, you pick up on so much that you didn't catch as a kid, like especially with um, The Simpsons. Like, you know, I go back now and watch The Simpsons, and probably when I hit about, I'm 39 now, so when I hit about, like, I say 20, just going back and watching, like, the first five seasons, man, their, their writing was so <laughs> strong. So many jokes I didn't catch as a kid that I catch now. So shout out to the Simpsons. Shout out to everybody else, you know, who played a different part in my childhood. Ah, interesting enough. Who do you consider to be your three primary influences and why you wanted to pursue a filmmaking career? Who are are your top three directors? Uh, Okay, so... uh, you know, it's, it's actually, so my top three directors right now would be Christopher Nolan, um, Quentin Tarantino, and, uh, uh, well, the third one is going to be a toss-up because it all depends on the work that they will be doing, but Damien Chazelle, you know, he made uh, First Man, he made La La Land. So he has the same sort of sensibility that I would do, and you know, I would as a filmmaker, so to speak. But, yeah, so, but then the first two, you know, Quentin and, and, and Christopher Nolan, that is, those are, like, my idols in a way, right? However, they were not the original filmmakers that inspired me to embark upon, you know, this career as a filmmaker. Originally, is that I was, you know, way way back in college, I think I was in, I was inspired by uh, John Woo with his action movie, The Slow Motion, which I absolutely loved. Right, so I did that. So I think he was one of the greatest inspiration, uh, you know, in my childhood to be a filmmaker because you know he make action sequences look you know, just poetic, right? Just poetry in motion. I think that's where I got that. <laughs> I learned the phrase from. So he just uh, poetry in, emo- in motion, and I would love to do that. So. And that's that. And then uh, James Cameron was also one of my uh, was also a, uh, an inspiring figure to me because Terminator Two is still hands down one of my favorite movies of all time. Right? There's literally that is Terminator Two and The Dark Knight. Those movies I must have watched over a thousand times each. You know that is the minimum. I can literally recite the entire script in my sleep. Right? That's how much I love those two movies. So James Cameron and 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 John Woo would be my initial. You know. Uh, that would really be my initial inspirations. And the third person was, uh, he was not a filmmaker, but he's a video game director who has a very strong filmmaking sensibility. And his name is Hideo Kojima. I'm not sure that you know who he is, but uh, he created the uh, Metal Gear franchise, which, again, is 
I believe is one of the very first cinematic video games. So when I played a game, it literally put me as if it was a movie. So I clearly remember when I played that game, I was like, man, the gameplay is good and everything else, but why is it that I'm so addicted to it? And I realized that it's the story, is the cinematic presentation of it. And that's how I know that I'm like, man, I really want to be a filmmaker, like being able to move people in a powerful way by just manipulating image, you know, the visual and auditory uh, um, sensibility, right? So that is how, that's, after that, I started digging, I dig deeper into the whole movie culture, and that's how I uh, discovered John Woo. And, you know, Terminator has always been my favorite. I didn't know why, but after I, you know, I started digging deeper into it, and I realized, okay, there's certain things that James Cameron did that I, you know, that it was just genius, right? So that's how I got my son. That's how I started to be obsessing over film, and then, you know, and then my film, you know, my, my, my taste in films change, but I think that currently Nolan and Quentin Tarantino, those are the two people that I would always look up to because their arts are just really unique. And in a sense, I think as an artist, you should be, you know, you, your film should be able to be appreciated by most. You know, a lot of filmmakers, they go out and they just want to do something that they would like that is very niche. You know, there's only certain, um, uh, you know, certain segment uh, of the population would like. So, case in point, David Lynch, you know, he is a genius, right? But his movies are not loved by everyone, right? Uh, versus Nolan, he's also a genius, but his movies are more mainstream. And I think that's more of a direction that I want to be at, which is I think art should be appreciated by as many as possible instead of a whole, you know, of a few segmented people. I totally agree. And it's like, you know, you have to find that, um, you got to really find that balance and it's, you know, me being a critic, you're like, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes and people will, people will question sometimes like, you know, some of the grades that I give and I'm like, well, you know, I get what they were going for. Like I understand why they made certain choices. You know, to me, one of the greatest advents of home media was the director commentary because there's, there's been stuff that, there's been stuff that I didn't like, and I'll go out and buy the home media, and I'll actually listen to the commentary, and then I'll go in and you know reevaluate my grade because you know it made more sense actually hearing why he made the choices that mm. that he made. So folks, right, listen to your right. commentary. You know, you have you, you get a better appreciation of the film if you listen to the commentary. So before, yeah, yeah. so where, where can folks find followed it, and what's the release date looking like? The release date will be um, September 1st, which is next Tuesday. It should be available everywhere. So, you know, iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, Sling, you know, DirecTV, you name it. It's literally going to be everywhere that, uh, that, that digital streaming is allowed. And also, you know, for those who don't have any of those digital streaming platforms, they can also visit our website, which is followedhorrormovie.com. Um, and because we actually do have the option that you can actually watch uh, the, the, the followed movie as a rental right on our website itself. It's encoded for you to do that. So, again, it's called followedhorrormovie.com. That's where you're able to stream it. Uh, if you're looking for the 4K version, 4K version is only available through iTunes and Amazon uh, Prime. 
can. Just keep that in mind. Uh, and lastly, is that about the movie. It's that you know the movie actually was the number one, uh, was we hit number one at the box of the U.S. box office for two weeks in a row, and all of that is actually thanks to COVID nineteen, the pandemic, right? So therefore, we were able to actually go out and not having to compete with these studios, big boys. Yeah, we did have you know to compete with movies like Relic, Becky, you know, which those movies are always bigger than us from the standpoint of budgetary reason, right? But still, I think that was something that uh, that as filmmakers we're very proud of because, you know, these are little, you know, little movies that could, especially when we did it in the genre that are hated, which is you know, the, the whole uh, found footage, which, you know, knowing yourself, I think that I would love to see what you, you know, what do you have to say about our film, you know? would love to actually read your review about my film. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. I should have, I should have it up. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be up close to the embargo. I, I just got, I got to check my records, but, yeah, I'm, I plan to watch tonight, and then I'm going to review it, and, uh, you know, I'll share my link with you as soon as I uh, have it. So before we close awesome. out, is there, is there anything else you want to add? And where can fans find you on social media? Should they want to reach out to you about, with questions about the movie or if they just want to talk sure. shop? Sure, absolutely. Um, so social media, you know, the 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 the, uh, the followed social media is you know just followed uh, horror movie. I think I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram as well as Twitter. Me personally on Facebook is just be my name Antoine Lee. You could find me there. Um, on Instagram is my email, which is Lionheart three two one. So again, on Instagram is Lionheart three two one. Um, that is my uh, Instagram handle and my Twitter, which, believe it or not, I've actually made a movie about <laughs> social media, but I only joined Twitter, or actually joined Twitter a long time ago, but I only uh, uh, really went on it for the first time ever in my life about a month ago. <laughs> so uh, I have not much, uh, yeah, I have no activities up there whatsoever, but I think I'm starting to get back into it. But the handle of that is Antoine Lay is my spell, A-N-T-O-I-N-E. Uh, L-E is the last name. So Antoine Lay 16, that's number 16. So Antoine Lay 16, that is my Twitter handle. Well, all right, folks, I hope you guys check out Follow if you like horror movies. And if, you, and if you're not up to going back to the um, theater just yet, you know, support indie filmmakers, support um, filmmakers in general. And just, um, you know, like I said, this COVID ain't going away no time soon. We're still on lockdown. So there's plenty of things for you guys to watch in the comfort of your own home, comfort of your own home, including followed. This is Derek Dunn with Antoine Lay. I want to thank Mr. Lay for coming to my podcast. Until the next time, Dunn out. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Done with your suave host. Derek Dunn.